Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Visit them at griffinair.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. In part one of the Brent Tate story, we spoke about the Broncos, a premiership and setbacks. But through it all, the highs exceeded the lows. The story continues. You had announced that you were heading over to the Warriors in 2007 for the following year, but you did your knee for the first time in Origin 3. What do you remember of that? Yeah, um, huge disappointment because obviously I wanted to go to the Warriors and make a huge difference. Um, I'd signed there as, a, I guess, their marquee yeah. signing. Um, so there was a fair bit of disappointment around that. Mate, my knee was an absolute mess too, Andy, because I did my ACL and my medial and I was in a brace for 12 weeks. So, mate, by the time mm. I come out of the brace, my leg was as skinny as this bloody microphone pole yeah. and it was... It was horrible, mate. It was a really torturous rehab to try and get back and and be half a decent player the next year because it was such a big injury. And looking back now, it probably wasn't handled real well. I probably shouldn't have been in the brace for that long. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. And, mate, the rehab was it was really, really tough. It was long and it was hard and it was bloody painful. Rehabbing, moving team, moving country. It's a big ask for a young country boy from Queensland. Yeah, it was, absolutely. Um, and I was at the club where I had a physio like Robbie Goldbot, where I had complete and utter faith in, in him to a new club, um, new physio, new staff mm. that I probably didn't trust. Um, so I had some issues there with, in my own mind getting my head around it, um, not only moving country, but you know that was probably the biggest thing I really struggled with. And uh, I remember one day at training – or after training, I said something to Price. He's like, oh, we, we did it at the Broncos like this because Pricey, obviously, my brother-in-law was yep. there. And that, my three years there was bloody awesome, by the way. I loved every minute mm. of it. But I remember one day at training, I said, oh, you know, we do it like this at the Bronx. I remember Pricey stopping and he grabbed me by the shirt and he goes, well, you're not at the fucking Broncos now. You're at the Warriors and there's more than one way to skin a cat and just sort of threw me like that. And I was like... Hey, bro. Yeah, was, but, but it was, I was like, you know what? I am at the Warriors. Yeah. There are different ways of doing things and... Get on board with what they do here, but mate, it was I was always like, oh shit, okay, yeah. That's a growing up moment, isn't it? Like it's a it's a young bloke with a lot of confidence, um, maybe maybe being taught a lesson or or helped along the journey by an older guy. Oh, hundred percent, because it was I was like, oh, they do this at the Bronx, and they, and I probably didn't realise I was doing it, but mm. it, it took that moment to say, hey, mate, you're not there anymore. You're here, and there's more than one way to skin a cat. It is. Almost impossible to think that the clouds gathered again 18 months later, same injury, other knee. Heartbroken, is that how you sum it up? Um, I felt like I'd let everyone down at the Warriors. I um, really felt a sense of uh, like I'd just let people down and I hate that feeling. I'd never, yeah. you know, I guess that's one of the things that drives you to be a good rugby league player is you don't want to let anyone down. Mm. And I... I really felt like I'd let them down because, again, I was a marquee signing. I was on really good money, which I was really sensitive about. Like, I wanted to give them value for what they'd, 
they'd paid. Um, and definitely did my knee because of the rehab, mate. I was pretty much running around on one leg doing the rehab, and that whole season I came back, well, I pretty much played on one leg the whole year, and yeah. I, I, there's just no doubt I was always going to do that other knee. And yeah, it was a it was a huge disappointment, Andy. It was I was I was really upset because again, I just I just let people down or felt like I did. You returned for the Warriors, and actually captained the club. Was the leadership role a natural one? As a big part of me going to the Warriors. Um, I was at the Bronx and we had a great senior leadership group there, but I was craving um, more. I was craving being a leader. More responsibility. Yeah, I was, mate. I really was craving that. Um, so went to the Warriors for that leadership role and Ivan really encouraged me to um, to grow into that role. I never, yep. mate, again, you talk about learning and, and things happening as, as part of the journey. I remember we were doing a training drill at, at New Zealand and we, we – we're defending a few sets of six, and we we're defending really well. Anyway, um, we did this short dropout because we tried to get the ball back. You know, like it was just a cheap option. You know, an easy yep. option. And I remember sort of muttering under my breath, "That was just a shit cheap option." Yeah. And I remember Ivan coming over to me and going, "Hey, what did you just say? You need to tell the group. Like that's what I got you here for. Say, tell the group now. I want you to say." So I said, "Hey boys, that was a really shit, you know, option. We need to just back our defence and we're defending. So let's just keep turning." Yeah. But again, he gave me the confidence to go. He was like, "No." Oh, that's what you're here for. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a really – That's a vote of confidence. Yeah, it was, mate. And, and and so that's one of the big reasons I went to New Zealand was was to get that leadership role. So, mate, I, I did love it. I loved being a senior player in, in footy. Um, it was something I really – I just cherished it, mate. I cherished setting examples for the young kids. 2010 was very similar in many ways to 2007. You announced mid-year you were leaving the Warriors to go to the Cowboys. Later that year – um, World Cup final, I think. Me number three. You'd already come through two reconstructions, mate. That's that's big disappointment right there. Um, that's probably the most disappointed I'd ever been in my career because I'd just gotten back playing. I'd just gotten back into the Aussie team, and I got myself back to where you're almost in the zone. Like I just knew I was going to show up and play well. Like, yep. And it's really hard to get yourself in that zone where you don't have to worry about it. You just know you're going to get the job done. Mm. Did my knee um, and was disappointed because I was coming to the Cowboys as well and I wanted to make a huge difference there because they were, um, they'd were come last the last couple of years, yep. I think. It's a bit of a fun – it's funny, mate. I was looking for a reason to quit that year as well. I was like, I just had enough. I was, and I, but I, I didn't want to make the call. I wanted someone to make it for me. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, I've always been one of these, I've had a lot of self-talk all the time. Like, you know, I'm a bit of a thinker, I guess, in a way. And I remember thinking to myself, all right, well, I'm going to ring Peter Parr, who's a footy manager at the Cowboys. And I thought, I'm going to ring him and Neil Henry. And if I sense a little bit of doubt in their voice, or they try to talk me out of going to the club because I've done my knee, I thought, fuck that. I'm not going to play I'm for out. a club. I'm not going to play for a club that doesn't, that's going to treat me like that. Yeah. And I hadn't even sort of been here. I remember I picked up the phone and I rang Pari. And Pari was adamant I could make a difference to the club. Um, I could, you know, help change the culture by the way I rehabbed and all that sort of stuff. So I got off the phone. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I thought, all right, well, I've got another option. If, if Neil Henry doesn't want me, I'll, I'll do the same. Yeah. I rang King. He was adamant too. And then it was almost like right then after I hung up the phone from Neil Henry, I was like, oh, well, there's my decision, mate. I'm going to come back and – I'm playing and on. I'm playing on. And thankfully I did, mate, because, yeah, it was – I got probably the four best years in my yeah. career after. Mate, was that the game, I think, that you were captured in the dressing room in tears? And 
although heartbroken, with most sporting fans watching, they were they were also feeling your pain, and and I think a lot of just genuine spectators didn't want to see you hurt, but they almost were comforted by the fact that it means just so much to you guys, and there was a real human element about about that scene. Yeah, um, I, I I think um, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I remember. After the game, Wayne had a huge problem with it. Wayne Bennett was really critical of cameras in the dressing sheds and having those yep. private moments. But uh, I didn't mind it, Andy, because I think what you said, what it did is it gave people an insight to it's just not all winning games. and It's it's not always fun. No. It's not always good. No, yeah. it's not. And you know what? Most of the time, it's, it's actually shit yeah. sometimes. You know, there's lots of pressure and expectation and, mate, you, you play busted and you play hurt and, yeah – Mate, I didn't mind it at all. I think it it actually just showed people that there's a a completely different side to what we do. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend Series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Is it something genetic in your knees where there was a weakness? Was it the way you ran? Was it the way you played? Or was it bad luck times three? Um, I, I don't know. They're, the doctors have never sort of said, oh, it's the way you are. Like, I'm obviously really bandy-legged, um, but no one – a doctor's never really said, you know, you've got a genetic condition or yeah. anything like that. I yeah. think it's probably just bad luck, mate. I did the first one. The second one I did because the first one was so bad and I ran on one leg the whole time and – the next one, mate, was, I guess, just bad. I don't know, just yeah. bad luck. Did you get to the point where you thought every game could potentially be your last? Definitely after 2010 I did. Is that just confidence shot? Um, no, not really, mate, because I was really comfortable. I thought to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rehab the best I can and I'm going to leave no stone unturned. Like I, I did everything I could to come back and play and I thought if it ever does happen again, because I knew I was only one injury away from having mm. to quit, I thought – I'm going to be able to look back and go, you know what, it's up to the footy gods. Yep. And if that's if that's the way the, the cards fall, well, I'm going to look back and have no regret. I can look back and know I did everything within my control. It's fake. It's just fake. Yeah. And sometimes you can't help it. Tell you what, throughout this period, exact dates elude me. Pretty fair Queensland side started to take shape, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did, actually. <laughs> that was probably the one thing that sort of kept me going in some of those real dark days, I reckon, um, to come back and play for the Maroons. And I, mem- I remember doing some rehab, or, you know, walking around the Oval by yourself for 40 minutes in the pouring rain in New Zealand. And I, I just remember thinking, mate, and I, and I remember dreaming of playing for Queensland again and scoring try and doing all those sort of things. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think it was something that really um, drove me to keep going. But, mate, it was bloody hard sitting back and, and just watching them go about their business. And, and yeah, that that's – just what they did, they just went about their business. When you got back, you, you had last played Origin in 08. You returned to camp in 2012. Was it at that point that you thought the rehab, the pain, the suffering, the doubts, that they were all worth it, pulling oh. on that jersey just one more time? Mate, I get goosebumps again talking about it. Um, oh, Without a doubt, I remember I cried uh, when I found out that I was back in the team. And I come back in 2011 after that the, injury, the third knee and I played the back end of that year, Andy, and I, man, I played terrible. Like I was just I – I was a million miles behind everyone. I didn't come back to like rounds 
18 or something yeah. like I only played six games and mate I was hopeless and I remember thinking to myself like I'd lost a yard of speed I, I knew that straight away I was like far mm. out I'm not quick any like I'm and I relied really heavily on being like I guess with on my speed I'll talk you up mate super <laughs> fast super fast so um yeah so mate I remember coming back thinking far out like I've lost my speed and I thought all right well I'm I'm not if if I play like this next year, I'm going to quit because I'm I'm letting the team down. I'm yep. not the player that I want. So I thought, right, I put a bit of a plan in place. I'm going to come back. I'm going to have a really big preseason. I start the year, and if I start playing okay, I'll, I'll keep going. Yep. So, mate, Origin was not even on my radar that stage because wow. I was just struggling. So that was a sort of myself talk. The plan I sort of put in place I was like, all right, let's just train your ass off in the preseason, get fit, um, mate. I started I started becoming a bit of a student of the game because I couldn't rely on my speed to get myself yep. out of trouble. So I. I'd, like I'd use, like doing video opposition and doing video Maddie Bowen and Jono became probably a lot more of a focus for me because yep. I needed to get in position a bit earlier or whatever it was. To you need to, to make it make adjustments. Yeah. yeah. So uh, mate, I came back and I started playing okay, and then my name started getting bandied around mm. playing Origin. And then mate, that's all I needed. And then I was sort of back playing great, got named, and yeah, you know, I remember getting named and crying, and then. You're right. It was almost like you just look back and go, you know what, that's mm. that's why it's all worth it. You played every origin in 12, again in 13, game two in 14, in what can only be described as one of the simplest-looking hit-ups I've ever seen, a tackle from Ryan Hoffman and your knee buckled. It'd be the last time you'd play footy. Did you know that immediately, even just lying on the ground at ANZ Stadium? Yep. Um, you know, I... Talked before about having an out of body experience where everything went yeah. quiet. That that that's Again. another moment. I remember, I remember stepping off my leg and I remember it going and I remember that I could mem- remember the pain. And as I hit the ground, I remember thinking, I just again everything went quiet. I went, fuck, I've done my knee. I'm never playing footy again. Wow. And I get go- I get massive goosebumps here, Andy. I can the only way I can explain this, and I I talked to my family about it. It was almost like someone had undone the rope around my chest and I could actually breathe for the first time in my adult life, I was like, thank fuck, that's done. Yeah. Like, and I'll get goosebumps talking about it, mate, because I've never felt a feeling like that where I just went, it was it was almost relief. I was like, oh, it was just, I can breathe. Yeah. Like, it was instant, Andy. I cannot explain the feeling, mate. It, it's incredible. In origin, the blokes in blue hate the blokes in maroon and vice versa. When you injured yourself, the first ones to assist you and notify the ref were the ones in blue. That doesn't happen in State of Origin. That is, I thought, a huge mark of respect, again, from your peers into what your story has been and how heartbroken they were for you at the time. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think, yeah, I I guess they probably realise the journey you come on and, yeah, yeah, mate, I've never really thought of it like Mm. that, to be honest, and, and... you're right. The hatred is absolutely a hundred percent real. Has so, to be. Um, yeah, I guess now that you say that, mate, I, looking back now, it's yeah, it's um, it's probably you know I, I do take that as a, a show of respect. Through it all, three clubs, two hundred and twenty nine grade games plus another fifty odd rep games. Plenty of positives to look back on. What are you most proud of? Um. I think the way I played and, and the resilience I showed, being able to fight back, yeah. I think that's probably what I sort of – the thing that I wear the most um, as my sort of badge of honour, I guess, when you look yeah. back playing. But, 
I think, mate, when I look back sometimes and you realise what you achieved, like you sort of don't ever sit back and take time to go, you know what, mate, that's you've done pretty good. Yeah. You know, like I, I got to play 20 Origins. Um, a big driving factor is I really wanted to become a Toss Eternal medal winner, yeah. which was 20 Origins for Queensland. Mate, I played Test footy for the Kangaroos, and yeah. that's, you know, that's the best of the best. Um, so I think sometimes when you allow yourself the opportunity to look back, you know, it, it yeah, I'm, from, for a kid coming from Roma and playing at Redcliffe to do that, it's, I feel like, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. Is always a good debate. What's more special, origin or test? You rep 23 and 26 times. Where do you stand on it? Oh, it's a hard one, mate, because there's just something about playing for Queensland. I can't exp- I can't explain it again. It's just it's part of growing up and being yep. a kid in Queensland. But there's no higher honour than playing for the Kangaroos. That's the best of the best. How's the body as we sit here in 2020? The neck and the knees now, mate. Horrible, Andy. Really? Yeah, it is. It I always say to people, rugby league gave me a lot, but it's taken its fair share. Yeah, uh, mate. I've got a, a shoulder that's constantly ordinary, and oh. um, I've got an ankle and knee that that's not great either. So. Um. Yeah, it's it's come at a cost, and it you know I know when I get older there'll be you know knee replacements replacements and that sort of thing. But oh, I guess that's at the end of the day that everything comes at a cost. Mm. And me playing fourteen years or or you know since I was seven years old, that's a that's the price I'm going to have to pay when I'm older. How would you like to be remembered as a footballer? I think, mate, just one of those guys where you, when your teammates looked around in the dressing shed, they knew they were going to what they were going to get from me each game. A wonderful story of resilience, of learning and perseverance. Brent Tate, you, sir, are a legend. Oh, thanks, Andy. Cheers. A new episode of the Legend series drops every Tuesday and the weekly Wodge every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow us on social media at the Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon. Legends 